to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. If you stay ready, you've never got to get ready. And Dale Hummel. Keep your eyes wide open and judge for yourself. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Tell me about Phil. Phil came. What is he a porcupine, a hedgehog? What is he? I think he's a groundhog. Groundhog. Well, anyway, I, he I am not. I am not a hundred percent sure. He came out and he said it's six more weeks of winter, which I don't trust this little man anymore. This thing, whatever he is, I, I think he's a liar. I, I just don't understand it because they said he saw his shadow, and then that means six more. So if it's an overcast, cloudy day. I, I don't understand the science behind this one. I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around. There is no science, and that he is too it's old. Just a thing. To be predicting this, I want to know when they. I think they need a new version, a new hedgehog, groundhog, whatever he is. Yeah, and, and winter, winter in the north in Illinois today. We are in the middle of a blizzard. It's it's not good here. I'm sure you're still okay in Texas, but hopefully you'll avoid the ice. No, we're not okay in Texas. So <laughs> no, you have some snow, or you can mention. Ice in Texas and the world shuts down. Good point. It does. I've I've been there at Fort Worth during some ice, and it was it was a not only shuts down when the, the people go out and drive. It's a mess because we don't know how to drive on this. Apparently, I'm not I'm not going to argue with that one. Not at all. How about your friend Whoopi? Did you hear anything about her? Oh no, I did not know that. What What did Whoopi do now? Whoopi said something about the Holocaust not being race driven. Really? I'm not sure how. Yeah. And then she argued with her co-host about it for a while. And then she caught a lot of flack. And now she comes back the next day and says, oh, she was wrong. It was all about race. It was, it was just stupid. Nothing stupid, but I believe. The whole purpose of the Holocaust was to wipe out an entire race of people. Yes. That that is pretty much the definition of it. I, I, I think maybe, maybe I was taught wrong. Maybe I'm I'm incorrect, but that was it. She she really tried and to make they it. Will let this bitch be on national television. She tried to make it out to not be race because skin color was the same. That was her justification that she fought very hard for. But her retraction and apology, she went completely 180 the other direction. However, shockingly, it does appear as though she's being suspended for two weeks to just Think about the comments that she made. This is kind of a problem, but just because the people were white, they were trying to eliminate does not mean that's not a race of people. I I agree. I think what she's trying to say is the Germans were white and the Jews predominantly, I'm going to assume, not that skin color makes you a Jew or not, were also white primarily. So I, I I can't defend what she. I, I'm trying to explain what she was saying, but I can't even do it. No, no luck there at all. Another another thing came across. The Black Lives Matter seems to be in a little bit of trouble. What did they do now? Well, they're they're a charitable group, not for profit, and one of the people in charge is living a very lavish life. Some of the people that they maybe promised to send money to, some of the families of the murdered victims that police had shot. We're supposedly going to get some money, and I'm not sure that that maybe some did, but there's definitely quite a few that did not. And yet, there appears to be a lot of misuse of funds. So the California Department of Justice 
and this shocks me that California is doing it, is requiring them to release their financial reports within the next 60 days. Hmm. I have a feeling it's not going to look good. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I do not see this looking very good. Speaking of, of that, Maxine Waters, one of my favorite. How about you? Oh, yeah, she's she's in now. Now she's using her campaign funds to make her and her whole family very, very rich. One point two million went to her daughter mm-hmm. for something. I'm not sure what it, it's that. But that's no worse than Pelosi's husband buying some options when she's controlling when some of this tech information is released. He made five million dollars. Pelosi's husband, five million dollars on the market in one day. And I guarantee you it was tied to whether or not she brought different things on the floor of the house or not. And that that is so blatant, yet it's getting so minimal attention. And she's running again. Surprise, surprise. But anyway, like... She's a very evil person. And I think Maxine may be more evil, actually. I think you might be right, just not as much power, so you don't see her face as much. And again, th- th- this is why people love Trump, because he is the antithesis of all that. Like... He didn't even take a paycheck. Pelosi and her schemes with, you know, the markets and Maxine just taking campaign dollars and saying, here, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not saying this hasn't happened in the past, but this is this is bad. That was the whole drain the swamp thing. That's that's. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. I'm I am very angry about the Olympics that are being held, obviously, in China. And you, you tell me sometimes I live in this bubble. So I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to you here. Mm-hmm. Am I that much in a bubble and that much out of the norm that by holding the Olympics there and us participating and most of the countries around the world participating, even though they can't take their cell phones or worried about so many different things. What? They can't take their cell phones? No, because they, they, they're making them download a, an app, all the athletes, supposedly, so they can make it COVID related somehow, but the, the, the tech people say, well, they can pull all your personal information off of it. It's, it's not good, but I'm going to go way beyond that way, way beyond that. I don't care if I have to buy a a different phone uh, to go into China, if I'm on the Olympic team and I, and I don't want to take anything away from the Olympians that trained that hard. I don't think we should have not had the Olympics. They just should have been somewhere else. And I understand the complications of all that. My problem is on the big picture is when we allow China to host the Olympics at the same time they're committing genocide on their own people. And when we allow the Olympics to be there, when we know that COVID originated there, that they tried to cover it up at a minimum. And I'm not so sure it wasn't even more than that from a standpoint that I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, that it was altered or escaped from the Wuhan lab. But no matter what, they tried to cover it up. They tried to deny it. They tried to do a lot of things that caused a lot of harm to the rest of the world. Yet, by participating in those Olympics and allowing them to have the Olympics, it's almost like we've forgiven them for all their wrong. We've given them our stamp of approval that they're just fine. There has been absolutely zero accountability for the millions of lives that were lost because of something that happened there, whether it was intentional or unintentional on the Communist Chinese Party it still happened. And that deeply concerns me that I don't know if we can talk about as our news cycle being very fast or what it is, but I cannot believe we've not held them accountable, even to the point 
our Super Bowl masks are made in China that we buy for those those people going to the Super Bowl. I believe our Olympic uniforms were made in China because they have the Nike brand on them. That that's the first hint. So there's there's not only did they not get hold to the fire and repercussions, I think they've benefited from it, right? And this this deeply concerns me. Am I way off track in this one? Okay. Well, first off, whoever gets the Olympics, don't they like make those bids and like they get awarded to like eight years in advance? Yes, way I, I get it. Way, way in advance. So that's the first problem. Like they got this probably eight years ago and they had not come up with the China virus yet. But anyhow, there's no way anybody else could have stepped up and took over. So yeah, I agree that it's terrible. But I also just don't see how you could do anything else because no one else would have been ready. No one else else is going to not participate. And my thing is, as terrible as China is and the things that they have done to truly disrupt world order, like seriously, for some of those athletes, there is a very short time frame in terms of their age and readiness to compete at that level. And so I can't say that they don't deserve to get to go there and take their shot if this is their only chance. So it, it's I, just a I very get that part. complex, screwed up situation. I get that, but I, I cannot imagine that anywhere the Winter Olympics were hosted in the past two sessions or two Winter Olympics that already have the infrastructure and the facilities I can't imagine, and, and I mean, we've known about this for, let's just say, 12 months. It's been longer than that, but I can't imagine. I, I'm sure the logistics would be impossible, and I never want to take that away from those Olympians, but this is is such a big issue. I, I guess maybe where I'm wrong in my thinking, and, and I don't believe I am, is I think it's a huge propaganda boost for China by being allowed to do this and everybody participating. We better just move on on this one. I'm getting a little, little worked up on it, I think, right? I have heard less about the Olympics this year than ever. Like, are they even going on yet? I believe opening ceremonies are Friday this week. Actually, okay. when this, this drops. Maybe that's so, why I haven't seen. I, I think I think that's it. I'm not. I mean, the world stage right now is a shit show. We we just authorized how many? 3,000 troops to go to NATO to support the NATO effort with the Russian buildup on the Ukraine. And, and that damn Putin comes out in his statement, mm-hmm. Ryan, and I'm sure you've seen this. He's trying to say the West is trying to lure Russia into a war, that we're trying to lure them into a war. I I am so appalled by the lies and the crap that, that the Chinese government and Putin, the Russian government, think that, that people are going to buy into when all they have to do is open their eyes and look at what's going on. I saw that statement, but I saw no justification for his thinking like there was how, no how is that po- how is it po- he's the one moving all of his troops onto the border not it's not a a rumor that he's moving it we have satellite pictures it, it is an absolute i just i just call bullshit on it all <laughs> that's the only like i read it i saw it i whatever but i'm like um sir you you didn't put any reasoning or facts behind your the west is trying to lure poor russia into a war I, I truly believe this this whole situation, Ryan. I'm not saying that he won't invade Ukraine, but I do believe he's got the build up there. I think he's wanting handouts, free money. He's wanting to get his pipeline opened up, whatever that may be, whatever funding, kind of like the 
several billion dollars of cash that Obama sent to Iran. Just crap like that that we should never sucker ourselves into or allow to happen. But if he builds up all these troops on the Ukraine border, we're going to do everything we can along with some other countries to prevent them from invading Ukraine. If we can solve that diplomatically, and that means we're giving them something. We're giving them something for bad behavior. How is that going to work out? This is not a new story. I mean, like get the reward, giving people yeah. millions and billions of dollars or weapons or whatever, or equipment and whatever for bad behavior. That is not a new story. And it still boggles my mind. Yeah. No, I, I, I've i never understood that. Like, I can I, promise you that Trump would not reward bad behavior. He no, would not. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that there's some people out there that are easing off on maybe some of the accomplishments that, that Trump had and how strong some of his policies were and how he stood behind them. I'm not going to forget some of the things he did because I agree. Nope. Some of his comments and statements probably didn't need to be said, even even bothered me to a certain point that, gosh, don't say that. You're going to get yourself in, in political trouble come the election time, whatever it may be. But if you get down to the bare roots policy and what he stood up for and put this country first, I still do not believe anybody else could probably have done it any better. He was there for four years. And the last thing that Obama told everybody about Trump is he'll have us in war and whatever. He had no war with anyone. He made gains with North Korea. He signed more Middle East peace treaties than anyone ever has. And yet we're a year into Biden and we are literally on the verge of World War III. So there you go. It's amazing. Think about what Biden campaigned on. Just just stop and, and think about it. I know we, we have most of our listeners are kind of on the conservative side. So this is probably no big news to him. But just compare what Joe said he would be, what he said he would do and what he's actually done and the person he is right now relative to the political game. Came across as nice old Uncle Joe, moderate, right in the middle of the party. I, I, I don't I don't even know what direction to go on that. He's not Uncle Joe, not the one he portrayed or, or had the image out there. And he damn sure told America that he would would fix the COVID problem. We wouldn't have a surge on the border. Inflation was just temporary. Didn't he? I think he used the word transitory. How's that working out for him? Taliban will Not never well. yeah, Taliban will never take over Afghanistan. We'll stay there until the last Americans out and those translators and everybody to help our military. We'll stay there. We're going to get them out. Uh, what about the monster lie is $3.5 trillion Build Back Better bill really doesn't cost anything. No, it costs, costs the taxpayer nothing. Even Bill Maher, our new found buddy Bill Maher himself, has, he says he has not changed, but rather the extreme left has the Democrat Party has been taken hostage by them. And you know what? I, I, I have to say I agree with that. That And I don't know why Oz and staff and, and, and then they're putting the puppet Biden out there. I don't know why they're going so far because when the media starts to turn a little bit, you know you've, you've gone way, way too far when they're, going, when they're turning on the left. There has been more negativity about this administration than probably any other Democratic president that in my lifetime. Oh, it, it's, there's no question. No question. I have a couple more, and I got too much for current events, so I'm going to apologize, Ryan. We're, we're, we're pushing a lot of stuff through here. But I, when, I, when I think about the, the issues that we're having on censorship right now, our personal story, I know Mr. Boxel posted something up there about it on his Facebook page, but when I go to post something on Beyond the Ring, 
are beyond the circus graphic in trying to explain what we were talking about. I was very cautious not to spell out China correctly or use Russia in there. All those things that I, I continue to change and alter, hoping I don't get picked up by some algorithm, they shut it down. Well, guess what? I'm assuming it's facial recognition on Putin and she that got us on that graphic that just absolutely shut it down. I did not get the Facebook page pulled, but they would not release that out to very many people and would not allow it to be boosted so I could take it out to more people. Any of those things in censorship right now, if if I stop and, and think about other countries that we would look at years ago and say, or just a few years ago and say, wow, how can they live in a country where they're, they're not allowed to have access to the internet or, or speak their mind, or they can't post something without being in trouble. We used to, we used to talk about, we'd never want to get there. Well, guess what? I'm not, I'm not sure we're not there right now, Ryan. Yeah. I really believe that, that we're in a situation that, that we are being censored to that level or close. I mean, it's one of those situations. I think that like you, give an inch and they take a mile. So it's, it's not good. And you, you, you just need to like, not be a Facebook person. I mean, you get very angry. Y'all don't have a good relationship with each other. No, it doesn't no. Work out. no. And, and it, it, it makes me angry that the censorship only seems to go one direction. There's things out there, Ryan, that when, if we go back just to a, a few months or five, six, 10 months, whatever it may be, if you'd have came out and said anything about anti-vaccine, that maybe the vaccine's not going to stop you from getting COVID or stop you from spreading COVID, or maybe the mask, that foolproof, like everybody was, was trying to say that they're going to solve all the problems. When you came out with something like that on Facebook, they shut you down, period. And guess what? All of that now, in hindsight, is actually the truth. And they were censoring because of political reasons, not because of any fact-based reasons. And that those things really concern me. Look at where, where Joe Rogan is right now. He's, he's catching a lot of heat because he brought doctors on, on both sides, some that were pro-vaccine, but he also brought some anti-vaccine on. And they're, they're, they're trying to, to cancel him, to shut him down. Good luck with that one. I, I, don't, I don't think Spotify is probably going to jump on board with that. I doubt it because I'm betting Joe Rogan is the largest source of income for Spotify. So with Joe Rogan being in the position that he's in and that many followers, there's no way Spotify is going to going to cancel him. However, go back to, to Facebook, circle back just a second. Trucker Freedom Convoy page was a Facebook page. Like in Canada, Ryan, they've got truckers that are going to basically protest the vaccine mandate. They're going to drive from California to Washington, D.C., they put up a Facebook page just for people to organize and so forth on it for a peaceful protest. Guess what happened to it? They went bye-bye. Mm-hmm. They're gone. They're not in Facebook jail. It doesn't even exist. Gone. And I understand. If it's my business, if I own Facebook, I guess I should be allowed to do whatever I want. So I, I, I get it from that standpoint. But the blatant censorship from a political bias standpoint is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I really can't wait to see Trump's new social media platform. And it's supposed to come out here pretty quick. And I hope for him and for our our country that they don't go the opposite way and censor all the left people. But you would think that that was fine and revenge and no, I no, it needs to be totally open and let people let people gather and hear both sides and they can make their own decisions. 
I only have one more thing on current events. You maybe oh, you do. That all. That's all. Just one more. And you're going to love it. COVID, COVID, COVID. Everything COVID. The truth and what common sense has said all along, Ryan, with the mask and, and how viruses spread is it's coming out. John Hopkins University just released a, a study that, that basically said all these lockdowns did almost nothing to help mortality rate. Remember when Dr. Fauci first came out, the very first few press conferences and, and told the world and advised President Trump that if we did not lock down, we're going to lose millions of lives. Well, we're approaching a million U.S. lives. We're, 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 go, we're heading that direction. There was a number there, if you can believe the numbers being all COVID, and we, we can argue that forever. But it's incredible how little the mandates have done. We know these, these cheap-ass masks and, and cotton masks, there, there is no, no benefit whatsoever from them. Look at it right now in Virginia. You've got uh, Governor Glenn Yunkin, Yunkin, I should say, really jumps in there first day, I believe, in office removes the mask mandate for schools. All he's doing is put it in the, the parents' hands. Doesn't mean you can't wear a mask to school, but you're not required to. All the lawsuits are following. And think about Omicron in a school environment, in a classroom environment, even if you move the desk six foot apart, do whatever you want to do. Take every precaution you want to take. None of those precautions are going to avoid that child from being exposed to Omicron, period. It's that simple. Yet we're still we're still battling over this and there's still people out there that think we should lock down, that we should have masks on. It's, it's your choice. If you want to stay in, if you want to wear a mask, that's great. We're, nobody's going to stop you from that. But it's time to, to use some common sense and look at the science. And what we've done, what we've tried to implement does not work, period. Done. I, there's no way that you can, like, deny any of that. It's all true. And... I think uh, talking about your brother Joe and his campaign promises, I thought his promise was he was going to like fix COVID and everything was going to, you know, he would get it all straight and all this other stuff. And like, I think he has had more deaths than Trump did, but you know, he has, and he's done nothing to get the treatment. We we have prophylactics that, that will turn the direction on those that are serious in, in life-threatening situation with COVID, we've done nothing to push all this through and make it available. It's not available. I, I'm I'm just thoroughly confused. He's confused. I promise. He is. Are we ready to move on? Sure. You know what's not needed right now in the North? Uh, a Boxel chiller. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Boxel, not today, sir. We do not need the Boxel chiller today by any means. However, yep. as I speak, I can promise you that a Boxel double blower is blowing out a sail goat that we're getting ready to picture this afternoon. And because it's that much more powerful than anything else we've used, our efficiency down there has increased dramatically. And that makes the HL team, when they can be more efficient, that means they get to go home just a little bit earlier in the evening. And that's all good. So, Mr. Boxel. No, you don't let anybody go home earlier. Please. Oh, Yes, no, that's all in Craig's hands. He manages that that section, and he. I'm going to tell you right now, our employees work more hours, I'm sure, than anybody out there, or as many. They there is no question. But by getting the goats moved through that process quicker, that definitely helps. And we appreciate Mr. Boxel putting out a good product and their support of the Stockshow Youth. Thank you, Boxel Manufacturing. You and Mr. Boxel, I tell you, no what, chillers today. No Boxel chillers needed today. None. Zero. I want to give one sponsor shout out before we get into this for the BTRJLA. 
Um, Clint Leonard and Leonard Truck and Trailer, again, I just don't even know how to thank him. He's the corporate sponsor. He's sponsored a national top 10 awards, the region six cattle region six hogs and Ohio cattle. He is the largest BTR JLA contributor there is. So the Leonard family and Leonard truck and trailer, we thank you more than you will ever know at Leonard truck and trailer. They are dedicated to providing the best service selection and value. Their efforts are focused on exceeding customers expectations every day because they know that continued success relies on their ability to satisfy every customer. Whether it's a one-stop trailer, on-the-spot financing, custom vinyl department, these guys do it all. So if you need a trailer, please go support Leonard Truck and Trailer. Please, 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 Leonard Truck and Trailer, thank you. That That's huge. That That is more appreciated maybe than than what we can we can express, but it 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 makes a difference and it is recognized. Main topic today, Ryan. We brought this up briefly in question and answer. Your favorite I have had this on the topic list since day one and you would not do it. I don't know if that's completely accurate. It was not that day is one. The most accurate. It was not day one. No, 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 yes. no. It was yes. at least six months into it. No. Yes, no. you are in you, no. sometimes you just get delusional. No. Yes, you do. You live, you talk about me living in my world. Do you have a very small bubble? Age discrimination. Have at it, Ryan. Everybody gripes about this and wants to talk about it and all this other stuff. But again, I'm going to state first that the age discrimination that we're talking about here is like the backdating of breeding animals because nobody backdates market animals because they're not shown by birthday. And so, but. This is this is kind of like rewarding nations for bad behavior. This is not a new story. <laughs> no, it's I'm not. Just, it it isn't. Anytime you're standing around a cattle ring at a, at a major show, that is that it's is not one. just cattle. No, you, no, no. I no, I don't. Like, I don't. No, I'm just using that as an example. No, it is definitely not. It's it's across species. I'm right. just using an example because I guess I, I've been around the the cattle shows a little more recently. But that is a topic that somebody's going to ask you about it when it, when a certain class walks in or each class that walks in. It it, it comes up all the time. Oh yeah. Yet we don't talk about it a lot publicly, do we? No. I, I'm going to be the first to say that yes, it happens. It's real. There's no doubt about it. I also want to state that I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. I really don't. <laughs> I'm just. I don't. I, I I think you better put that into context because I. I think maybe not as bad as as two or three years ago, but if we we go back more years, I think it was much better. I'm I don't even know how far back to go, but let's go back into the 1900s, late 1900s, and I would say, and we brought this up and we caught a little heat over it that if a, if a calf or a pit, whatever an animal was born late December, some may move it to early January, and it came across as though Ryan and I were in favor of that. Ryan and I weren't weren't condoning that by any means. We're just stating a fact that it used to be like that, and that is better than what it is currently or has been in the recent past in terms of moving them several months. I'm just going to say, yeah, I think the standard is three months. Not just I, in, in, in cattle. I mean, I, I don't go to a lot of full blood or purebred goat shows, but sometimes we 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 have those shows on the same day. And 
I can tell you they have a, a class run that's zero to three months. And I, I have a pretty good idea on what a three month go looks like. Mm-hmm. And they walk in there and I'm thinking, holy crap, we, we are so far out. I would have to send a six, seven, eight month old, six month at least into that class to look close to the right size and probably still be considered small. Now we, we do raise goats that are impractical and maybe a little slow growing for the advantage of mature muscle mass at a lighter weight. So there, there's reasons for that, but take that aside. It's, it's, it's huge. Absolutely huge. So they're, they're moving. And, and you hear people talk about this all the time that that one has moved six months. And I can't imagine that anybody's moved one six months. I'm, I'm sure it's happened. I don't think it's very common, but Ryan, I, I think you're not far off on the three months. I mean, I understand that why a lot of people are upset about this and they watch that class of whatever command. And if you raise these things, you have a really good idea of whatever species we're talking about, what one that size is at that age. And so nobody, and and I think that's the thing that people like don't understand when they do this as blatant as they do. Everybody else around that ring probably raises them too. So, do we really believe that yours are just your genetics, you know, offer that much more growth and weight per day of age at such an early time in a, the life of this animal? Probably not. <laughs> no, I think that's a great point. What about just just some motivation or the motive to move the dates? What's the motive, Ryan? Why are they doing it? See, this is why I think this is better. And I, I really don't necessarily agree with what you're saying about in the late 90s. And, and, stuff I, and like- I, I, I wish I could give an exact date, but I can remember a time and maybe I was just less aware. But I would I would say if we go back 10 to 20 years or more, I'm not saying it wasn't happening, but I don't think it was happening with as many. Is, is the maybe motivation for it is to make your animal heavier, bigger, and more mature in those early classes. And the reason I think this is better is because there is weight per day of age and performance and just flat out height are not pushed as hard in evaluation as they used to be. True. And and certainly through some of the trends anyway. And then, but that is the motivation for doing it is to make your animal heavier, farther along, more mature, all those things when you're in those young classes. Now, the one thing that's not going to be very popular, and I'm okay with this, with saying this is there's also a catch to this is you do that and that may help you out in the younger classes, but that animal is only going to grow to a certain height, a certain weight, et cetera, pretty much. And when you do move these things multiple months, towards the middle and the end of the show career, you are now too mature and too stale and probably a lot of times too fat because your animal is that much older. So while it may help some in the end, I don't think it helps at all. I think it's actually a detriment, but I know people are not going to agree with that, but I'm telling you that that's how I No, think. I think that's, I don't, I, I don't think there's any arguing it. I think that's a fact period. It just is. Now, some of those maybe won't come back out because they're not that much bigger than everybody else as they were in those younger classes. 
and I, and I think some of them may move move the age enough to get into a certain division that can extend that show career. There's there's a couple other reasons, but Ryan, I think you absolutely nailed most of it dead on, and and here's here's why it's happening. And we're going to have some people come out, Ryan, and and they're going to talk about, well, I am totally against this, but if I don't do it, I can't sell these calves, and if I do sell them and they go to the the show, we're going to get beat up on terrible. And that, that, that's the excuse that they're using. And, and I, I understand. I mean, it's, they're trying to put themselves on an even playing field where if we just all quit the crap and put down their actual birth dates, guess what, Ryan? We probably would have animals in similar classes with the exception of a few that are actually at the right age. Yeah, and I agree. And I understand what they're going to say. We can't compete. We can't sell them. All this other stuff, if they don't do that, that's fine. I'm not going to argue back and forth over that but the the other thing of this all is and that I, I think you brought up a very good point like getting them into different age divisions well for instance the summer months in cattle breeding shows those divisions are pretty weak like i would say the weakest of all the divisions And so, like, yeah, there are people that might take a late spring one and move them to, like, an early summer so they can be in a division that is less competitive. Exactly. And and I don't think anybody's going to argue with this that this isn't being done across species. And I I wanted to bring up one thing. You'd mentioned earlier on the breeding side because there's no market. We don't show market by age. But we do have some state fairs still and, and a lot of county shows. For example, and I don't even know if it's still that way in, in the hogs at Illinois, I think it is in the goats. They can't be born before maybe October in the goats or January 1st for the hogs. And that's gotten some of these northern show families in trouble because they go up on an online sale and maybe their birth date's posted. And a lot of these guys have gotten smarter about it. They just put the weights up rather than a birth date. But on occasion, one is sold prior to January 1 and that rule is in there. They can't be born before that or not sold, but the birth date was considerably before that, and they they, they get caught up later and, and disqualified. Why 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 would they why, even have this rule? Why do they? You're you're questioning why do they even have the rule? Yes, yes, like, I I don't. It's it's one of those things that remember we talk. It's not enforceable. So if it happened to go on an online sale and it was older, that one gets kicked out. What about all the others that weren't on that online sale that that were just as old that probably end up winning? It cannot be utilize the way they would like it to be done. I assume it was in there originally because I I don't know. I I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Maybe because they wanted to make sure that we weren't holding the real old ones over because we wanted to make rate of gain and performance part of it. It just, it just was not going to work. I've heard lots of stupid rules for fairs and shows that that one may win, but, but anyway, and that, and I, and I don't know. I mean, I know Indiana has it. I know Illinois. I, I think there's quite a few shows that have it at the state fair level and probably even more that have it at the county fair level and good luck enforcing those. And here, here's what we go back to. If it's a purebred animal on the breeding side, I, I want to, I'm going to bring this into, into a full circle here at the show. If you present them a paper with the birth date, do they question anything then? No. No, that paper is golden, isn't it? Right. What went into making the birth date in that paper? Somebody sent it into an association. <laughs> yep, done. And and I'm not saying the association needs to be the police force because I don't know that you can. I just I just don't know how it's possible. 
if we're going to get this this age discrimination back in check, it's going to have to come from the breeders. They're just going to have to decide as a group to do it on their own. And if enough of them do it and that monster comes out in that class, that one's probably going to be beat up on a little bit. Would you agree, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, it's just like everything else. They can, they can be too big. They can be too small. They can be whatever. You, you're talking about breed associations trying to be the police force or whatever. Well, I, I find this interesting because the Brahmins, they have what they call weights and measures. And so for you to be able, you have to get a stamp on your paper to be able to show. And so what they do is, is they go through at their big, big national shows and the open deal and they weigh them and they measure them and you have to be in certain parameters. And if you're too, if you're too heavy, too tall, whatever, you know, show it. Now, again, I think this has probably been helpful some, but on the weight part of it, I'm just telling you, people are giving Lasix to brimmers to get them to make weight. I'm just telling you that happens. So, I feel like this is the thing. Any rule that comes up, and I, I think that probably has helped the Brahmins with it a lot, where it is a huge problem. But we all know that there is going to be a certain set of people that find a way to get around a rule. Yes. The, the bottom line is there. there's no true enforcement or manner to, to regulate. And when anytime there's there's competition at this level, everybody's looking for that advantage. And if it is still an advantage, people are still going to do it if it can't be regulated or enforced. I think one of the best solutions, Ryan, and, and I think that you and I are, are there to a certain degree, and I'm sure many others are, but when those animals come in the ring, I don't think there's any reason. We're not in a 4-H judging contest where bigger ones, heavier ones beat lighter ones. We can we can sort on quality. We can sort on youthfulness and maybe maybe even prioritize one that looks a little more the correct age. Or, or if you don't want to go that far, just sort those animals on quality and the other traits and, and if we're 30, 40, 50 pounds off in a, in a heifer calf or whatever it may be, maybe maybe we take into the reality that let's not let that be as big of an advantage as some do. That is one way to look at it and one way that will help and all this other stuff. And I obviously do my part in this because if you know what type of animal I like, I like the good looking fresh ones. So yeah, I'm doing all I can personally. So, and I think a good example, Ryan, and you could tune in this maybe in, in word it better than I, but as we go into the market shows about all the market shows where we have declared weights, we're pushing those limits. We're figuring out what the way back is. And we're, we're bringing our weight down so we're right there so we look heavy enough slash big enough or so we fall into a certain class and not into too heavy of a division. When everybody's pulling those down like they are, especially when you get into some of those heavyweight classes, there's something to be said depending on who you're showing to. If you turn a weight in there that's pretty close to right and you look just a little bit more youthful out there in that set of, of older ones, that sometimes works to your advantage. And how many people do you think are, are going that direction with it? Probably not enough. But. No, but when you're when you're into those older goats, lambs, whatever it may be, and you've got one that comes in just that much fresher because maybe maybe it it could have shown in a couple classes earlier if they'd have pulled it down, but they didn't. It I I think it works to their advantage sometimes. No, I I agree. And then again, I'm going to put this out there, and I know that this is not going to fly because nobody's going to reinvent the wheel or anything like this but other than 
it would take more time at shows. And again, like at Cattlemen's Congress, there was like 10,000 of those things. But if, if you just want to solve this problem altogether, you show breeding animals by weight. Yeah, and, and they that was brought up, I think, in one of our question and answers. Show breeding animals by weight. I don't – I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of this. I, I don't know. Why not? I, I guess it it is no worse than what's going on right now. Listen to me for a second. So the age of that animal, it is truly irrelevant in a show ring setting. Like there is no category or criteria that you get points or gain favor under a judge for being a certain age. Do you agree with that? Agreed. Okay. So the age of an animal is primarily used for when tail breeders, when to breed them or people that are buying them, they want to know the age of the animal, all that stuff, but that has nothing to do with inside the show ring. So why not just weigh them? I think that the opposition and, and I'm, I'm going to be more open-minded than most, I think to this. Oh, I know everybody. No one is going to do this. I'm just saying that that's the way to end it. I think you'd have a little bit, depending on what, how the judges reacted. I think you'd have some genetics that were bred to be a little earlier maturing for the calf classes. You'd have some genetics that would fit better into the yearling classes or the older classes. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think it would change things a little bit, but no, that, that would, that would take care of the disinformation that are on the papers of those cattle in terms of their age. No question. I, I think the age is very important to people that are trying to breed them or buy them or sell them and all that. I do not know a situation in a show ring where if you are a January of whatever, then oh, you're you're the ideal age, so you're going to win the class January one. Or yeah, that doesn't no, make right. sense. No, it doesn't. And in, in the goat, sheep, and hog world, what about our commercial gilts or crossbred gilts? What about our weather dams and the goats and the sheep? Almost all of those. Most of those are shown by weight. And you know what? You have less people complaining ringside than when the animals are shown by age. Less complaining about yeah. that doesn't fit that class or that one's obviously it's not over age because they're just weighing it. But not not many are going to say, well, that one's maybe in this class, but way too mature for the it just there, there's less issues when they're doing it that way in those examples. No question. And I want to state again, I know no one is going to do this and this is not going to change and all this other stuff. But if you just sit there and look at it and actually think about it, which I, and I don't think it is the biggest problem in our industry. I think it is a problem and an important one. But a lot of people seem to think this is the biggest and the only problem in the livestock show industry. I am not there, but that is the way to nip it in the bud the fastest, in my honest opinion. I, I don't know that there's any other way if if this was truly, and I'm with you, I, I think it's something to discuss. I think it's happening. There, there's no question it's happening. I think it is a problem. Is there is there much worse things that, that maybe we should focus our time on? Sure, there, there's plenty of issues, and there isn't everything. And and I don't want people to think that we're just focusing on that because I'm much happier talking about the good in, in our industry and there's so much of it but if we can bring some of these to light talk about things that people are uncomfortable talking about in public maybe it makes a difference 
And that that's kind of why we want to do this. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or negative Nelly or anything else like that. I mean, there is far more about the livestock show industry that outweighs the problems that we have. That's why both of us are involved in it and everything else. But again, for years and years and years, people just have not talked about the problems. And every industry, every sport, every hobby has problems. That is the world, people. And so the fact that we don't talk about it, nothing ever changes. No, let's 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 try to do better. Every single one of us in our industry can do better somewhere, somehow. The one thing that I want to bring up, and this is not related to the topic personally, but you brought this up in the first thing that came into my mind. So you when you said earlier how no one questions those registration papers at a show when you go to check in and how did that information got there? And I said it was submitted to somebody from somebody to an association and there are no checks and balances and all this other stuff. Guess what's the exact same way, Dale? (laughs) I have a pretty good idea. EPD. Yeah, I thought about it. It went through my head as well, Ryan. And and I I think we're going to have to do it. Same thing. We're going to have to do an episode on it because it's amazing to me. When you put some, those, those breeders that understand contemporary groups have a little knowledge of statistics, have a little knowledge of how those numbers are put together. It is incredible the manipulation that can take place. I'm not saying it's a bad system if everything in the system went in perfectly accurate from the beginning. It is the Even, biggest fake made up bullshit right now in the history of the world. Hey, it's I'm not, sorry. it's Start not all good. Over, check it, it, verify it, but now, right now, now. And the problem is when you're using the base that's already already there, even if you started now submitting honest numbers and not manipulating contemporary groups, you couldn't fix it. You'd have to start all over again. No, you're right. On a positive note, I I was at Cattlemen's Congress the whole time. I have been at a great deal of the Fort Worth breeding shows, and I heard less judges talk about EPDs on a microphone than ever before. So bravo. Good job. I am <laughs> Good job. And I mean, they had them out there. They might have looked at them, but I heard less about the paper or this one is here because of this than ever before. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, and, and, and again, I, I am not against theoretical, I guess, numbers. Uh, performance information, whatever it may be, that's gonna gonna move us forward. But the way this has been manipulated from every direction, whether it's just false information being sent in, setting up contemporary groups to make a certain genetic line look better, all of the above. Because of that, it takes the value that could have been there away completely. That's that's the bottom line. And it's unfortunate because I think it was developed with the right intentions. No question. And I think it's continued to evolve with the right intentions. We're just missing the big picture that once you go down a path so far with data that may have been manipulated or misrepresented, and that becomes your base in the data bank, it's pretty darn hard to change it, to fix it. No, and again, I know we're getting off the main topic here, but just like I was talking about There is no perfect age of an animal in a show ring setting. So therefore, why is it relevant? Age, just like EPDs, those things are meant for breeding, mating, marketing, 
genetic type evaluation decisions, not which animal is better in a show ring. So they all just need to go. Just think goodbye. Now, if those EPDs were accurate and the ages were accurate, all honest no. and accurate, I could no. I could see a use for them in the show ring. Age, baby, I cannot see a use for EPDs if. in it in, in a show ring setting. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. Okay, are you ready to move on to the favorite part of your episode? What we're done? This was it. No, no we can. This no, we can true. keep going. We're, we're going to run a little long on time. I don't mind. You, oh, you have more. I, have I don't have. I actually. I, I'm. Not, I'm now so wrapped up in the EPDs of it all. My blood pressure is up. So, but no, I think we're um, just going to have to have an EPD episode. I, I think the one thing, just to sum this up again, I, I do think that this is a problem. I don't. I'm not expecting it to be solved by everybody's just going to go start showing them by weight. But there are ways to help make this issue in our industry better. And I think, again, just like everything else, it takes all of us. And we we all got to be more honest. I think the judging standpoint of it all, it needs to be that we don't prioritize weights, maturity, all this other stuff in those early young classes. And there, there, there are a bunch of people that are making a push for judges to call out this problem on a microphone. Well, I don't, I'm not in favor of that and I'm not going to promote that because there's no way to verify this. There's just absolutely no way. So very, very dangerous slope. Right. So, and again, I, I don't care if it's a junior or an open show. You do not want to like make exhibitors feel bad or call them liars, cheaters, whatever. So I don't think that's the way to go. I, I just, I, and I wanted to state that because I, I've had multiple people over the last year say, you should just call them out on the mic. And I, I don't think that's the answer. I'm with you on that one, Ryan. And and I think that we, we should not allow it that extra weight or size to be as big of an advantage as maybe it is sometimes that we go back to talk about sorting on quality and balance and the other things. I think that's realistic. That doesn't mean you're going to call them out, but you stick them third or fourth in class and talk them as they are and, and away you go. So I think that's that's the quickest solution. But if every breeder, and again, I don't think this is going to happen. It's a rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns type of thought. But if every breeder was more honest or was honest in those ages, the majority of them, those that were not, would really stick out. And I think when they stick out that much, the judges are going to be a little nervous of them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Hopefully that's good. Hopefully nobody takes this wrong and we're not trying to say this is an absolute fix, a show by weight versus age or, or any of those things, just yeah, bring up I know you're the wrong. idea. Show by weight fixes it, but they're not going to do it. It's, it, it may be the only way to, to, to fix it, and I don't know that that's going to be very popular. They're not going to do it. I'm just saying, but that is the only surefire way to fix it. It is time for question and answer. Okay, hold on. I want to give another shout-out to one of my BTRJLA sponsors, Mr. I know you only have love for Mr. Boxel, but I have love for my BTRJLA sponsors. And so <laughs> uh, one of our national top 10 jacket sponsors is Ranch House Designs, and uh, I've known Rachel my whole life. 
the work that she has done in this industry is second to none. Uh, Ranch House Designs is a full-service livestock marketing agency specializing in web design, print design, and more. They have over 20 years of unwavering commitment to integrity and customer service. They've earned a sterling reputation in this industry, and they love helping their clients share the story and passion of agriculture. So thank you, Rachel and Ranch House Designs. Thank you, Rachel. It is, once again, very, very much appreciated. Well, Ryan, the disappointing part with our first question is it, it doesn't, it's not real controversial. It's not going to set you off. I am so upset about that. This one comes from Cody. Dear Dale and Ryan, I listen every week and enjoy everything about your podcast. I'm on a committee of a large jackpot show, and I wanted to know what the best method would be to get both of you here to judge our show. This, Ryan, I put this one on there, and we've had this a few times, is we are in a situation, and far more so on, on your calendar and how far out you're booking these things, but maybe maybe need to, to address this just, just so that those out there that are asking how do, how do they get both of us there, or how do they get you booked, or, or things like that, have at it. Have, jump right in. What's the best method for that? Well, I, I have said this several times, yeah. and I, I am a tightster. I, I just am. I, I don't like talking on the phone, and I, I, people are going to get mad. But people don't know how to talk on the phone anymore. They don't. They don't know how to put. They don't know how to say what they need to say, put the information out there, and then get off the phone. So I really don't like talking on the phone. I am a big opponent of texting, and most of the time, anyway. Long story short, but like I don't have a whole lot of hearing in one ear, and so. I, I can't hear most of the time on phone because I'm normally in some livestock show setting. And so I can't hear real well to talk on phone anyway. Uh, my number is on my Facebook, BTRJLA Facebook, whatever. It's 979-229-1549. Text me your dates, etc. cetera. I, I tell people all the time the same thing. I don't have a set rate or fee to judge. I get the information. If I'm available, I figure out what my expenses are to get me there and keep me there during the show. And whatever they want to pay me on top of that is up to that group, show, fair, etc. But I, I, I do check my Facebook Messenger, try to every day, but I normally don't go more than a couple of days without checking it. A lot of them come there. I've got shows over Snapchat before. So pretty much any way you want to, my preferred method would be you text me. I think that's that's good, Ryan. That's that makes it a little much clearer. And I know you've you've gone through that before. I'm with Ryan on the texting. I'm more so on the texting side because I want that history. My rock solid memory, Ryan. Sometimes I need to refresh by looking through the text to figure out what this was all about. And and that helps me greatly if it's if it's in a text. And if I get a phone call. I'm down in the bar and I say, yeah, I think I'm good there. Let's, let's go with it. I get distracted with something else. Guess what happens? I find it posted on Facebook that I'm judging a show, such and such state. And I think, gosh, darn. Yeah, I did commit to that. But how did I not get that written down? And that's a nightmare to think you're ever going to miss one like that. I have not yet, but those things make me nervous. So texting on my end is better, but my biggest conflict, Ryan, and you didn't address this on yours and I'm going to, I'm going to have you do it. My biggest conflict is I have a very hard time committing to a date, not knowing what my schedule is going to be with the various businesses that, that I'm involved with. 
and and I can't justify being gone as much as as I would like to. Would love to judge some shows across the country and have enjoyed it very much, but it's it's difficult sometimes. Even even when people text and say, well, "Hey, I've got a date for 2023," I. I'm hesitant to commit to that, not knowing what that schedule is going to be like here at home. I don't know how you can get to something in 2023 right now. I don't. No, it's just, it's just, and it's not that I don't want to do those shows, but, and I think Ryan, you're even hesitant to take, you've, you've taken 2023. I've had probably 20 people in the last two days ask me about 2023 dates. And I am just really not comfortable going that far out. I am very fortunate that I can travel and all this other stuff and whatever. But with the BTRJLA starting up this year, that is taking a considerable chunk of my time. And I kind of want to get through like maybe the first six months and see, you know, exactly what, how this is going to affect things. And it may not affect things at all, but just need to see, because again, that is, where we're at and what we're doing. And that's my commitment right now, but uh, I'm not makes perfect sense. I mean, but this is kind of uncharted territory because never done this before. Just started January one. So like, eh, but I'm not asking people to not contact me, all this stuff. And I'm, I don't, I know that I have very, I, I, I would say less than five weekends in 2022 that don't have, something booked already. So I know why people are trying to get me to commit for 2023. I'm just a little uneasy about it right now. Nope. That, that seems very realistic and, and it just is what it is. So I don't know what to tell you as far as what the ideal time to contact Ryan or even shoot me a text, because if you don't do it early enough, we, if we have something open, it, it gets booked and it's, it is difficult, but I, I promise you the best way on my end, and it sounds like on Ryan's too, is, is and I do get some Facebook messages, but as Ryan tells me, I get a bunch of messages from non-friends that I'll never see, and I, I don't go to whatever that folder is to go check sure those. you don't believe it exists. Well, I know. I just don't. I'm not real sure how to get to it, and I, I just don't. I do not make it a priority. So shoot me a text is, is all good. But no, hopefully, hopefully that helps. And, and Cody, to be honest with you, when there is a date that Ryan and I – have open that we can go to the same show. Uh, I do enjoy sorting either with Ryan or across the ring and it, and it makes it, makes it an enjoyable, fun experience. So those I'm more apt to take some of those so that that's all, all positive. Jamie comes to us with a question. You two make my Fridays the best. See, it starts out great, Ryan. Just great. <laughs> I have heard you guys talk about showing at Texas majors. Well, that would be Ryan. I have never showed at a Texas major. I've sold animals that have showed at Texas majors, but I've never personally been allowed to show at Texas major and other national shows outside of Texas. What shows do you consider to be the most prestigious? Ryan, this is your baby. Outside of Texas, what shows are the most prestigious? No, just, just she, she's talking about how we've talked about the Texas majors and national shows. She just wants an opinion on what, what shows are the most prestigious, period. Well, I mean, I, I think that probably the ones that come to, I mean, out of state, the ones that come to mind are Penn City, Louisville, Denver, and now in Phoenix. And then in the cattle world, I think it goes without saying that in just terms of sheer numbers, the most prestigious this year was easily Cattlemen's Congress. But those are the ones, and Cattlemen's Congress is new, but Phoenix and Denver and Kansas City and Louisville, they've been around 
for a very long time. And those are always extremely tough, highly competitive shows that there's a lot of history and a lot of prestige in winning those. In, in Texas, I think everybody's state fair is something that is prestigious, no matter where you are or what state. I, I think that's a big thing for most people. OYE in Oklahoma is obviously a very big deal there and a great show. Texas, we have, besides our state fair, we have lots of major shows and uh, from Austin and San Angelo and Dallas and Fort Worth and Houston, San Antonio. Why all of those carry a great deal of prestige and history to them, uh, there, there are levels. I, I think that, you know, probably San Antonio and Houston's hog show are probably two of the toughest anywhere. I think there is a great deal of prestige surrounding the Fort Worth Steer Show in my state because it's the only one that has hair and the only one where we get to fit and all that. And I've stated this many times before. If I could have only won one show in at a Texas major, which one would it have been? It would have been Houston. Uh, but those are the ones that come to my mind immediately. No, I think that's good. So where do you, where do you compare, say, Houston to a Kansas City or Louisville or something like that? I think they're pretty much the same. It, only because the numbers are literally probably the same. Like they, the, in the market side, they're they're higher at Houston. Oh no, market side. I, I was yeah. meaning like the yeah. junior breeding, but market yeah. side, there's no question that all of the numbers in Texas are higher. It's not like there's just a whole bunch of, you know, that the majority of them are subpar animals. Uh, it's it's definitely as tough or tough. I, I would say tougher and people are going to say, oh, you're just bragging on Texas. <laughs> I'm not. I, I think the competition is tougher here. So I'm, I'm going to come in there and I think Ryan is correct. Depending on where you're located, depending on if you're showing market animals and what species of market animal versus breeding animals, all those things are going to come into play on what the most prestigious show is. If you're showing a Angus heifer, the Junior National is probably going to be one of your key shows or, or the national show. There, there's there's a lot of change. And, and I like that Ryan brought in that last part about Houston being as competitive and more numbers on the market side. And I think you have to look at it within species, within uh, market or breeding, which which one you're going to. And then, it, then it, it becomes difficult to say, well, this this is the one. Well, I think that's everyone's own individual um, opinion, and, and they can prioritize as you so desire. Obviously, to win a Texas major, to win OIE, to win any of the national shows is, is huge. And you can make the argument, well, how can Texas be more prestigious or Houston be more prestigious than one of the national shows where people from all over the country and the market side are competing versus and including Texas exhibitors. So there's a lot of arguments that, that go back and forth. And I think it's different from everyone in some people's goals and situations that County show or that state fair is going to be their absolute goal. And that is the one that they want as much as anything. And that's, that's so important to them. So Jamie, I, I think it's a good question. I, I just don't know that there's an absolute good answer for it, but I think Ryan covered it fairly well. The next one comes to us from Dan. I've been in the stock show industry near all my life and have seen a lot of changes. Why do you think we have moved further away from live auctions and more online auctions? Convenience. It's that simple. That's it. I mean, it's the only reason for it. People don't have to get in a truck and drive 
multiple hours to go see the animals or go to view them first and then go back for a sale, possibly all this other stuff. They can watch that video 900 times right there on their laptop, their computer, their phone, etc. It's just convenience. And there's nothing wrong with online auctions or sales or anything like that. So all you little online auction companies, y'all don't flip out when I say what I'm about to say, because there's nothing wrong with this. And I do think it is a great asset to the livestock show industry. I do not think there will ever be anything more reliable and valuable than seeing that animal in person that you want to purchase. Excellent answer. And I think, and and I think convenience, that that's the short answer to it, Ryan. I think the online auction offers, I mean, a national market. Uh, we're, we're here in North Central Illinois, and there's not a lot of goats shown in our area that if we held a live auction, I don't know that we'd have a very big crowd. But what I do like is we'll have families come in from Texas, from California. Our, our sales started here a week ago, and we'll run sales all the way through June. And we'll have families from East Coast, the West Coast, Florida, everywhere, come by and look at those animals prior to the online auction. And I, I'm with Ryan. I think being able to see them in person is the most valuable. Second would be having that relationship with a breeder that you can trust, getting their opinion and looking at that picture and or video. But in the live auction, obviously you're seeing them in person. With the online options, I don't think there's very many breeders that are going to tell you, no, you can't come see them. And, and a lot of them will set up open house dates just like ours pretty much every weekend this time of year is, is wide open even during the week. But the weekend before our sales on Tuesday, we, we get quite a few people that'll come through that want to come see them in person. Or if that weekend doesn't work, they can fit their schedule around it. Where if it's an absolute live auction sale date, that date may not fit into their schedule where when they're just coming to look in person, they've got more versatility and they can schedule it when it works for them and then wait for that online sale to, to happen, which they could do in, obviously in a live auction as well. But more live auctions, I think people are showing up that morning looking at them and going, some some will come before then and come back. But So I think that the national exposure, I think convenience, 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 we're busy. Our lives are, I, I don't know that they're more busy than they've ever been, but it appears that way. And what it, it does is it it allows you to purchase an animal or animals or whatever from anywhere in the country without taking the time to fly there, to drive there, all the hours that it eats up. But you know what? Remember our, our last episode or so or a couple ago, the hunt? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes the hunt now is on a computer screen rather than driving down the road in a, in a vehicle. One thing about this, I think it's convenience goes both ways. It's more convenient for the people's purchasing. And I think it's more convenient for the people selling because again, no question on that end, they have a broader audience. It's just, I mean, it is just way, way, way easier for everyone involved. I think one of the things that it's, it has not only changed the game in terms of that, but I think it's also changed the game in marketing. And I mean, my mother's owned the show box for, I don't know, 300 years, but I thought, uh, it, was, I thought it was 350. I don't know. But anyway, there's not nearly as many people wanting to purchase a print ad now because they're having an online auction. So it, it has literally changed the game in almost every facet you can think of. Absolutely. No, no question whatsoever. 
Well, I think it's it's been good. Question and answer. There was nothing hard about those. Hard, maybe a little difficult to give them a precise answer, but nothing. You are losing your touch, Dale. I, I'm going to do better. I, I promise. I, I sometimes don't take enough time to search through those, but I will find one that gets you worked up next week. Right. That is a promise to our listeners. With that, we've got a blizzard coming through most of the country. Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>